the younger generation is being taught that they should work um, with purpose. And I, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that there's definitely value um, to the purpose-driven work. But because it's such a strong message, what are we also sending as a message when those people don't know what that purpose is? Mm. So to me, it's it's really just a reminder that that purpose doesn't necessarily have to be connected to what you actually do on a day-to-day basis, nine to five. So it's kind of just a reminder that as much as we can go and try to use those motivational words to drive the next generation, let's also be mindful um, that it brings in the topic of diversity, that opportunity is something that is not fair and equal for everybody growing up in that generation. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast, getting now towards the end of the year. And we're actually saying goodbye to the podcast after, I think, uh, you know, 500, 600 episodes uh, over the past year and a half. It's been a great journey for us, but we're going to be exploring new new formats, new ways to continue engaging great leaders uh, in our uh, conversations, sharing their insights with you. So stay tuned for 2023. I mean, kind of crazy to say that it's 2023 already, almost uh, 2023, but uh, stay tuned for the new ways in which we will continue sort of sharing ideas, insights uh, with all of you. So I'm very excited to have a conversation today uh, with somebody who is very passionate about a number of areas in HR, diversity, equity, and inclusion is one of them. We talked about uh, this this topic before in the podcast. Uh, Sally is um, an HR leader. She's been in the space for a long time, now leading her own company, HR Wise. So, you know, helping leaders build great HR strategy and connect it with all that has to do with everything that makes sense for the business. And today we're going to have a conversation about something that sometimes seems a little fluffy for some people, but it's really not. And it's that idea of finding a, either finding a job that you love or understanding the difference between doing a job because you got to pay some bills, but at the same time, finding something else that gets you passion and purpose in life. So we're going to have a conversation about that. Uh, Sally, hello. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. And thank you for having me on, I guess, one of your last podcasts, if not your last. It's it's an honor and it's always fun to talk with you, Enrique. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I, I am excited about this conversation. We were, we were chatting offline in preparation for this chat about, you know, uh, helping people find either a job that they are passionate about or helping them manage the uh, sort of what happens when they have to do a job because they do have to pay the bills and that job is not what they are passionate about. And this conversation is extremely relevant today, given the fact that the newer, younger generations, maybe the younger millennials and definitely uh, people in the Gen Z generation, they are more inclined to work for a company where they find meaning in what they do, what where uh, the company that they're working for is creating some positive impact in the world. So let's let's talk about that. How, how do we even find a job that we are passionate about? How, how do we go about doing that? That's such a great question. And I think that's where it all begins is, I mean, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And it's not exactly like I'm 17 years old and still floating through school. So it's this idea that um, we need to know what our passion is and we need to strive for it continuously in life. Um, I think 
what triggered the conversation is that a couple months ago, and I think it was on, on your LinkedIn, there was a conversation that was started and somebody had said something along the lines of find something you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. And, and then I put on my diversity hat and I thought, Hmm, that's a little unfair because not everyone's going to get the same opportunities to strive for things that they love. The opportunities to stay in school long enough to change their minds about different programs, the opportunities to get internships that will give them diversity in, in what they can explore um, or to work for free. Sometimes, sometimes you really have to go straight on the job market. And, and so because the younger generation is being taught that they should work um, with purpose. And I, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that there's definitely value um, to the purpose-driven work. But because it's such a strong message, what are we also sending as a message when those people don't know what that purpose is? Mm -hmm. So to me, it's, it's really just a reminder that that purpose doesn't necessarily have to be connected to what you actually do on a day-to-day -day basis, nine to five. You could have a job in an organization whose purpose perhaps is aligned with your values, even if your nine to five doesn't align with it. Um, you could also do that on your off hours and still they pay the bills with your on hours schedule. So it's kind of just a reminder that as much as we can go and try to use those motivational words to drive the next generation, let's also be mindful um, that it brings in the topic of diversity, that opportunity is something that is not fair and equal for everybody growing up in that generation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, th there's one thing that that comes to my mind and that is that yes not everybody will find that meaning passion purpose at work uh, for for a number of reasons one because maybe they don't even know what it is yet uh two maybe they do know what it is but there are no jobs available in that space and they got to do something else to you know pay their bills but i but i do think that there's a lot that we can do from HR in our organizations, and not just HR, leaders in general and organizations in general that we can do to cater and respond to that need. And we're not doing it, right? And what I mean by that, I don't know, and I, and I, and I, wanna, I wanna see what you think about this, but you know, when we look at the jobs that we have created in our organizations, maybe one uh, interesting exercise would be, let's go back to these jobs and let's see, all right, you know, people have to do this, this amount of activities, right? Is it possible that we reframe, say, 20% of the time that this job requires, um, you know, and we use that 20% to connect more with the passion and the purpose of the people that are doing that job? Meaning, for example, we ask them, you know, in your time doing this job, you have to do this 80 activities, the other 20 activities, the other 20% of the time, we would love to define with you what that could look like, right? I mean, something yeah. that gives you passion and that also delivers value for the organization. So what do you think about that, that possibility in there? There's so much to unpack here. I think yeah. the first thing to unpack is, and this is super controversial, but I'll say it anyway, I hate job descriptions. I absolutely hate job descriptions. They box Me you too. in. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. So first things first, what I really like to do with my team is actually ask them to build their own job description. Like here's the six things that are crucial for this role, but also how do you envision yeah. this role being bringing in your skills? Because perhaps, you know, let's call them consultants. This consultant is really good at requirements gathering. That consultant really doesn't like being on client calls or whatever it is. So how do we hone in 
on the things you love to do and enjoy doing and thus will get the best out of you. So that's that's with regards to job descriptions. The second thing that comes to mind is um, a lot of HR and people programs will support financing education so long it is, as it is revel- relevant to your role. Mm. I mean, could we expand on that a little bit? Maybe it's not relevant to this role. Maybe it's not relevant to the next one. But that's definitely something that would provide flexibility in allowing people to explore what could be something that they would be passionate about. And lastly, one thing that I really love that organizations do is volunteer days. Mm. So um, like I said, diversity and inclusion not everybody can afford to take time off to go volunteer at their local shelter or take a week off to go volunteer abroad. So sponsoring opportunities where the employee could feel like they're given back despite potentially not having the means to do that financially is something that will give back to the organization tenfold yeah. because these charitable um, opportunities, they, they grow a human and that human will develop in so many ways beyond what the organization can expect out of it. So I think those are the things that come to mind when you mentioned uh, that in Oregon. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and the other piece that, that, you know, based on what you are saying that I am actually thinking about is that all, everybody who comes to work with us in our organizations, they have probably a million different areas of passion and an interest that do not have anything to do seemingly, you know, with their job. And and one thing that I always think about is that if we were able to understand a little bit more about what those people are passionate about, even if they don't have to do with their job, maybe we could create an opportunity to create value for the organization, because I, I always want to bring that up. You know, it's, we're not doing this just because we are nice people helping others find passion. We're also doing it because our organizations can take advantage of that passion, right? And, you know, there are people who are, I don't know, artists, right, in their personal lives, and they are doing an engineering work. So the question for that I that comes to my mind is, can I use their artistic skills in our organization to do something that I didn't envision before, a musician, an artist, a designer, a, a cook, whatever it is. And I, I I think about that all the time because I'm like, imagine all the, all the, the opportunities that we could have if we understood what they are passionate about outside. And if we could connect some of those things, not all of them, but some of those things with creating value for the organization. Any thought about that? No, I agree fully. And I think an artist that doesn't practice their art will not end up tapping into the strongest part of their brain anyway. Mm -hmm. So like you said, is it going to benefit the organization? A thousand percent. Put them in a room where they're drawing out their their workflow with a paintbrush instead of a pen. Like I know it's as ridiculous as that, but (laughs) at that moment in time, they're tapping into a really strong part of their brain where they have a lot of strength. So why not hone into on that? And, and um, I guess be creative ourselves in trying to understand how we can bring out the best in people for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the, the other piece, and and we, you, you mentioned this at the very beginning of the, of the chat is that uh, people are, especially if, if they're younger, maybe, I don't want to say that this is necessarily true for every young person, but um, maybe young people are 
less clear about what is it that they what what their purpose is and and this is with reason uh, with reason of course yeah yeah well you know and and they are beginning their journeys uh you know it happened to me you know i'm an electronic engineer and i work now in hr i thought that i was going to be doing engineering all my life i never thought that there was going to be something else for me because i didn't I didn't know, nor did I care back then, right? But there are many people who don't know what that purpose is. So it's difficult for them to say, I want to find a job in this space, in this kind of industry. So what do you tell them? What, you know, how how can they approach their own careers as they are finding out more about themselves? I think the more important message that I want to drive here is no pressure. Uh, and I know it, it sounds ridiculous, but <laughs> no. that's really what I'm trying to drive is, is the pressure that the next generations keep having as they grow up through school of knowing which college to go to, what program to be in. And you make that decision once and you're expected not to change. And all of that pressure, I think, is a, is a little intense. So just like take it a day at a time and open your eyes, really understand what's going on around you, what you're enjoying, why are you enjoying it? Introspection is huge. And I think the newer generations are equipped with a lot more skills than we had growing up in terms of introspecting and, and really thinking through how they're feeling and their emotions um, when it comes to doing this kind of thing and take your time. Um, and it, there's no rush and you can change careers 17 times when you have the means. If you don't have the means, then, you know, keep exploring and keep seeing what else is out there. But just bringing back what you said is that you started in uh, engineering and you you then shifted to HR and, and perhaps it caused you to have to go through another, another level of education. Mm-hmm. And that's what I keep reminding people is that if as long as we drive this message of work something that you're passionate about then people will have that pressure to to really figure it out stat and i think that part's not fair you you really could work throughout your life and figure out what you want to do when you're 50 and the first 30 years weren't a waste either they were just the stepping stones to yeah. where you want it to go and everything is a shift and everything is just um an evolution really of what you are versus um, a point in time of who you are, I yeah. guess. And, and to me, what what you just said about you know the, the the time that you're spending, you know, the first thirty years of your life and what you're doing now, to me, one of the most um, powerful things that I try to do with my own career uh, is connecting the dots, right, of of what I have done throughout my my life and, and my career, right. And I do work in HR right now, but then I there's one dot that pertains or belongs to my work in engineering and I try to connect both and see, you know, how can I create more value by connecting these two dots versus if I was just thinking in this one dot or in this other dot, right? So that connection to me is really powerful. Sally, let me ask you this one question to uh, sort of begin wrapping up our conversation. Um, You you said before, and I, I fully agree with you, for people who don't know necessarily what their passion purpose is, and for those who do, and yet they still have to work in a job, that is not really what is meant for them or what they think is meant for them, but they still have to do it because they have to pay the bills. How can how can we in the organizations, those who are designing jobs, designing organizations, designing structures, whatever we want to call it, how can they make the life of those people a little easier, right? And what I mean by that is we have to acknowledge, and I think everybody who is listening to this podcast will have to acknowledge that when you look at all your employees, not all of them want to be where they are. 
you know, if you ask them, they may want to be somewhere else doing something else, but they are there because they need the money. So how can we make their lives just a tiny bit easier so that there's a smile, you know, a little bit more happiness, engagement, something. It's honestly going to be the same answer as probably all questions. And it's going to be <laughs> communicate and, and talk to them because like you said, what one person needs is not what the other person needs. Mm -hmm. Perhaps somebody wants to explore being a fitness coach. And to do that, they absolutely need, you know, two hours over lunch in order to really accomplish the whole workout and the, the you know, getting cleaned up and, and the whole nine yards, but they'll come back and they'll work the extra hour in the afternoon versus somebody else who uh, perhaps would really like to uh, have flex time and knock out at 12 o'clock on a Friday so that they can go do a weekend retreat. I really, I mean, it, the, the opportunities and the possibilities are endless, but at the end of the day, the only way to do this is to have the conversations. I also want to say that this, the onus is not just on the HR department to build yeah. programs. Programs are boxes, boxes like job descriptions. That's not the goal. The goal is really to build relationships between the employee and the manager and for the two of them to come to a point where they want to have a relationship that just enhances each other's skills and each other's abilities and each other's willingness and want to work for the organization because that's really what's going to drive uh, passion and purpose within the organization. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's definitely more about the culture of that organization that allows for that to happen rather than you know, well, you know, the programs, like you said before. So exactly. uh, Sally, thank you so much for spending this time with me uh, and sharing these insights. And, and I think this is a very valuable conversation and one that should be, that we should be having uh, in many more organizations, because uh, as we continue, you know, uh, as the world continues to change, people want different things and, you know, they get bored maybe, you know, faster because they are not finding that passion and their purpose. And, you know, we see a, a world with so many problems and so many people want to, you know, contribute to solving those problems. So I think a lot of conversations need to happen uh, in this direction. So uh, thank you so much, Sally, for spending this time with me today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for probably one of the last episodes coming up after this one. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.